Hello everyone and welcome back to the Knowledge Group podcast. My name's Andy McLeod and I'll be your host today. We just want to give you a feel of what you can expect from some of our latest events and what trends and developments in the industry are really driving what our speakers want to cover. This week we're going to be taking a look at the new customer due diligence requirements for financial institutions and some practical tips and strategies moving forward. Our event's going live August 16th, running between 12pm and 1pm Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget, you can use the code PODCAST25 at checkout for a 25% discount off your first registration. Once again, that's PODCAST25. If you use that at checkout, it gives you 25% off your first webcast registration. We're going to be hearing from Tim O'Neill-Laura, a Managing Director at Navigant. We're also going to be hearing from Dana Toomey, a Senior Manager at West Monroe Partners. Over to them. This is Tim O'Neill-Laura. I'm currently with Navigant Consulting, uh, based out of New York City, Washington, and London with locations around the globe. Um, We are uniquely focused, as are a number of firms, as is my colleague Dana Toomey, who's on this call, on the new uh, customer due diligence requirements for financial institutions. As everyone knows, they went into effect on May 11, 2016, but were deferred for two years to May 11, 2018, but are now active and alive. In many cases, they are being viewed as what is now the fifth pillar or the fifth component of a sound financial crime anti-money laundering program. Everyone is quite familiar with the other four. Don't think we need to spend much time there. But Let's talk about why this CDD rule came into account, and we'll spend a lot more time on the webcast on that. But it really is not only to assist law enforcement in advanced counterterrorism, but to facilitate tax compliance and largely to continue to improve an institution's ability to mitigate risk. What regulators are focused on at the moment is how best regulation helps to mitigate that financial risk that an institution faces on a day-to-day basis. There have been several enforcement actions of late that highlight that. There have been several of other types of activities that have been called into account. Certainly, there's not a day goes by that there isn't something in the newspaper related to uh, money laundering or terrorist financing or fraud or tax evasion or other types of predicate acts that could well give rise to the enhanced customer due diligence program. Uh, And as we all know, FATF has been critical of the United States for not having a beneficial ownership enhanced due diligence program in place for some years. So this is also really in response to that FATF mutual evaluation that said this is what we're going to expect going forward that the United States is going to uh, enact. A number of exclusions within that, we'll talk about those during the webcast, a number of nuances to the program, and we'll certainly get into some details and we'll talk about those. Um, Things to keep in mind as you kind of look at your own program and the way in which you've uh, adopted it since May and continue to enhance it. You know, have you socialized it with the IT department? Not everything can be technology ready, as they say, on May 11th. 
So what does technology play a part of in capturing that additional beneficial ownership information? And what remains in a paper or manual format? And how is that being kept secure? Um, working with the business, socializing with the business. Again, the front line is the front line. They're the ones that know the client better than anyone. So the ongoing due diligence here is not limited to just legal entity customers or to corporates or to others. It's all customers that are covered uh, by this new rule. And one of the keys of that, one of the critical points of that to really help the business understand is that you as an institution are required to understand the nature and purpose of that customer relationship in order to develop a customer profile. And that customer risk profile is key. Uh, all of the regulators have focused on that customer risk profile. And by that, I think what we mean is how do you develop it? How do you develop it? How do you maintain it? And then how do you use it? I've heard regulators say, it's fine if you develop a customer risk profile, if you don't use it, if it doesn't inform your customer risk rating, if it doesn't inform changes to the process, if it doesn't inform that sort of refresh process, low, medium, high, uh, maybe low customers once a year, moderate customers twice, uh, once every two years, uh, high-risk customers once every three years, but now this risk profile and those trigger events serve to change that profile category. So all of a sudden you have a trigger event that's based on brand new products or brand new services, new types of activity, new types of volume, things that the business owner, the, the relationship manager, others have never seen that client do before. That's part of that risk profile. So what's the answer to that? How does your system, how does your process inform not only the business, but inform compliance and inform risk and leverage these new pieces of information that you now have, you now maintain, in terms of developing a more robust uh, client due diligence process? I guess the the last thing I would just add as part of what we're going to talk about on the webcast is the monitoring component of this. Um, it's very important that the institution and all those parts of the institution understand that the monitoring is not just transaction monitoring. It's not just those alerts that pop up on a screen somewhere. It's also the monitoring of customer information consistent with that risk profile and those trigger events that are posed by the customer and that inform the institution's knowledge of that customer. So when we get into the beneficial ownership sort of conversation, what is normal monitoring there? What if all of a sudden you see transactions or you have documents that reflect information that might be inconsistent with the beneficial ownership information you already have on file.
what are the processes or procedures internally to sort of analyze that, assess that, get the business involved, and figure out what the answer going forward to that is. Do we reach back out? Is that a trigger event? Uh, probably so. Um, do we get some clarity on that? How often do we have to ask for additional information? Uh, what is exactly a new account? Uh, FinCEN's put out a number of FAQs um, available on their website. We'll certainly talk about those in more detail during the webcast. Some of them are very, very interesting, and some of them leave you scratching your head a little bit in terms of how best to implement them. So that is something we will certainly talk about, and we welcome all of your questions. We very much look forward to that uh, webcast and, and to also being able to explore a lot of these nuances in greater detail. I guess with that, um, Dana, may I, may I flip it to you for, for your introduction and, uh, and, and thoughts on this as well? Yes, thank you so much, Tim. Uh, my name is Dana Toomey. I work with West Monroe Partners. I'm based out of Chicago. Uh, I'm a senior manager there and one of the co-leads of our regulatory compliance and risk focus area. Uh, West Monroe is a national firm. We have about a dozen offices all over the United States. Uh, and we bring a unique combination of technology expertise and business expertise. Uh, so I really appreciate all the things Tim was saying, especially with regards to what needs to be done with all the information that's going to be collected and how it contributes to your, your customers' risk profiles and then what you do with that information monitoring going forward. I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into kind of the tactical nature of this. How do you actually get the information? What do you need? When do you have to get it? And how in the world do you talk to customers that have no idea what this regulation is all about? And so I'll just begin by level setting and reminding people what you actually have to collect from customers. So even if you have partial information on file, what you have to make sure you augment with, what you may have to collect from somebody who has no other relationship with your institution other than the fact that they happen to be a beneficial owner or a control person, uh, as well as when you may have to get these. So what is a trigger event? I feel as though most of the questions that I get are around, what is a trigger event? When do I actually have to go do this? And, you know, this was something Tim touched on, and I, you know, he's spot on, right? You know, not only is monitoring going forward going to be transaction monitoring, but it's going to be around changes in these ownership profiles that you collect over time. The rule very clearly states that at the time of account opening, this information has to be gathered. But then it's a little murkier when it comes to ongoing collection. Um, there are some institutions that have decided to kind of stick with their current list of triggering events. There are other institutions I've worked with that have decided to make tweaks to their current trigger events to accommodate for beneficial ownership. And so we'll go into some of those details and talk about what trigger events may look like. Um, I, I would love for people to chime in at that point if they have questions around their own institutions triggering events or what we've seen other places. I know Tim and I welcome that sort of dialogue and discussion. But then I also want to make sure we talk about how to have a business conversation with your customers. You know, Tim and I and others in the industry are very comfortable with a lot of the terminology that we use. 
Um, but our customers, your customers that walk in off the street are a lot less likely to understand what we mean by beneficial owner. And so has your compliance team worked with your marketing team to develop talking points? Does your front line have a script to follow or some sort of decision tree to help determine if the person sitting in front of them has to provide this information? Uh, so we'll talk about all that, how you can work across your financial institution from end to end to make sure that all of the people who are involved with this have what they need to be successful um, and make sure that your front lines are truly armed with the best information and the best support materials that they can be to work with their customers. Um, lastly, I just want to touch on making sure that we know that these triggering events can be positive. I think a lot of people interpret trigger events to be a negative thing. It's just one more reason they have to go out to their customers and ask for information. But the reality is, is triggering events can be positioned in such a way where it's a great opportunity to touch base with customers, see how they're doing, see if their needs are being met, adjust if appropriate, and of course collect beneficial ownership information if it's necessary. So really, again, doing a deeper dive onto the tactical, into the tactical, uh, talking about the impact of the front line because they are the ones who are probably going to have to collect this information and provide it to the middle or back office and just making sure everybody's on the same page and comfortable with what this ask really is. Uh, Tim referenced that FAQs will definitely be talking about those, leveraging those. I continue to get questions on whether, you know, we have answers regarding CDs and whether that's a triggering event so we can get into all that kind of good discussion. Um, but as Tim said, we are really looking forward to this, excited about the conversation, uh, and really encourage people to come with questions. We are more than happy to have a detailed dialogue uh, to make sure that people are getting the answers that they are looking for. Um, with that, Tim, I think it sums up what we are looking forward to speaking with our audience about. Uh, do you have anything else to add? No, Dana, I think you, you, you've circled it up and you've cornered it really well, and I think you're exactly right to the extent that people really use this as an opportunity to bring those questions and we have that dialogue with everybody on the phone and can really say it's something everybody is, you know, mutually conscious of the importance of getting it right, including the regulators. And these kinds of webcasts, I think, only serve to benefit institutions and the financial community at large. So I think we really do look forward to it, as Dana said. So that was our panel covering their key talking points for the new customer due diligence requirements for financial institutions, practical tips and strategies. The event's going live August 16th between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget, you can register now using the code PODCAST25 for a 25% off your first webcast purchase. Once again, that's PODCAST25. That gets you 25% off that first webcast purchase. All the details you need for this event and others will be available in the description box down below and we look forward to seeing you there. Take care everyone.